that he is the vessel of acceptance of that of the ocean, that no matter what she brings to the shoreline, whatever pain, whatever hurt locker she holds within her, that he would accept her for all of it. You go anywhere that you want, I'll take you however you are. You want to go into a step-by-step play of how your sexual abuse manifested, let's do it. You want to go into an emotional pattern recognition of what's manifested in your relationships ever since that moment, let's do it. You don't want to say anything at all. Hey, you just want a hug, you want me to spoon you, you want me to brush the hair behind your neck, running my tongue down your neck, kissing you on the heart, letting you know that I'm here with you now. Let's do it. Why would you want to become a vessel of total acceptance? Well, if you're a masculine being listening to this, what happens when you come across a feminine who's been sexually abused, physically, psychologically, throughout her life, gone through the gauntlet of things that have been done to her which would make your skin crawl, that would make you maybe even want to end your own life? Surely has led to that for some others. And you're not prepared for this. And maybe if you had fallen in love with a girl very quickly, or you've fallen at least into a sense of, Maybe this person sees me for who I am. And maybe that's a very rare commodity in this world, to be in front of someone who actually sees you for who you are. But then a roadblock is met within two, four weeks, maybe a couple months in, in which she just turns like an ice shell. She cuts you out of your life, blocks you out, no apparent reason. You didn't think you did anything wrong. She got a little too close to the flame, a little too close to the flame. Things got a little too warm for her. Maybe because of the protection mechanisms and the coping mechanisms she had developed throughout her life, she couldn't see herself worthy for being entangled with someone like you who would want the best for her. Not only for yourself, but for her. What about if you hit the opposite end and you hit a firebird? Lusting firebird, a woman who, as a result of her abuse, whatever it may have been throughout her life, comes at you with intense levels of energy, intense levels of affection to the point of affliction, confliction in which that Maybe it seems good at first, but as the months wear on, you find this deep, needy sense of attachment to always be with you, always have your attention, to always be validated by you. She has no purpose. She has no life outside of you. You are her purpose. You are her life. Is that what you asked for? Is that what you wanted? Is that what you perceived to be a healthy relationship? Considering these two different ideas, psychologically, of the makeup someone might go through as a result of their abuse, their trauma, it stands to reason that if you're going to be a fit-for-purpose masculine being, you're going to be someone of supreme excellence. You'd want to have a deep emotional skill that can emulate a vessel. Now, let's paint that out a little bit more. What does it mean? It's a nice term, but what does it actually mean? To be a vessel of total acceptance, I want you to imagine that you are a container for that person psychologically. Paint that out into the greatest container I know, the ocean. Whoever presents to you, you return back, reflect back that of the ocean. Whatever pain they present, whatever limiting beliefs, whatever self-inadequacies, whatever self-internalized perception that comes out negatively, whatever attachment to the egoic ideas of this world that they may shine upon you, that they are but droplets, but droplets entering the ocean of your acceptance. Now, let's understand that idea. What is acceptance? Is acceptance a pacifism? Is acceptance a relenting? Is it a resigning? No. Acceptance, the notion preconceived, would be that it has gone through a qualification process, whether they have been accepted or not. So when we say we're a vessel of total acceptance, it's not to mean that we just, in quotes, accept any level of behavior and you just let it slide because of whatever they've been through. No, 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 no. What you're confusing there, maybe, if you did get confused on that, is allowance. 
we are making a clear definition here between acceptance and allowance. Allowance, just allowing someone to impose their coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms, protection mechanisms, their way of being, which is maybe not so mutually serving, best serving for both of you. We don't allow for that to happen right? through our sound principles of being direct, congruent, authentic with empathy. We always dig up, dig up, shine light, bring to the forefront that which is clearly a problem in a relationship. However, once we have a mutual recognition from our partner that they can see this too, they can see that because of their past, because of whatever has been going on in their lives, because of the way that they perceive sexual energy now, they perceive the dance, whether you're, so this into a real example here, whether you're just out on the first date, maybe you know, it doesn't even take necessarily months for this to manifest. You might see this on the first date in which that a woman's pushing too hard on you sexually. Right? She's just gone into sixth year when you barely even got into the car and turned the ignition on. Right? She's already licking you up, kissing you up, wanting to take your pants off. And you're like, hang on a second. Let me understand what your first name is. Let me understand where you came from. Let me understand who you are. And not being prepared for this, not having faced this before, you might make a major mistake. You might step on a landmine and think that that behavior is acceptable. So you allow it to proceed. You allow it to persist, I should say. Big mistake. Made that mistake a couple of times myself. So, acceptance. Actually, that's a good example. Let's run on that. Let's, what would it mean to be a, to- a vessel of total acceptance in a situation like that? What it would mean is to, number one, being very direct in communicating to her what it is that she's doing, how it is that she's presenting, how it is that it's affecting you, and why you think this is important. Right? To say to a woman that, hey, listen, I like where we are right now. You know, whether let's bring this into a real example, something from a client that I have. Uh, we probably have discussed this in the podcast maybe once, but maybe not in tremendous detail or maybe maybe in a little bit of detail, actually. No, we have done a podcast on this one in particular. But, so I'll take like a caricature of this or I might take an archetype of this in which that I'm going to go out of the bar, out of the club, she's with her friends and you guys had a great night together. Maybe you went back to hers that night. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you set up for a date later on in the week, next week. And that all seemed fine. Everything seemed great in terms of the energetic balance between your masculine and her feminine. And you end up back at her apartment. She's very comfortable. She's pushing on you. But you're not. Because of the degree to which she's pushing on you is excessive. It's excessive based on where you feel comfortable. And, you know, this might sound a little contradictory to the Hollywood narrative, to the main societal narrative in which that, you know, every masculine being out there is just this gunslinging uh, pirate, just this dick-slinging pirate who's just out there to fuck everything that moves. Actually, I think uh, it's quite a grotesque, as hyperbolic I painted it, and maybe hyperbolic I uh, had painted it. It might seem a little caricature, but actually I feel like there's a bit of a stigma like that. And if not to that extreme, the acceptance, if you will, the understanding of the opposite, the soft shell crabs, those who would hear what I just said and think that, actually, you know, I've been there before. I've been there before when a girl's been pushing too hot on me and I didn't know what to do. And I felt uncomfortable myself as a masculine being. And it has nothing to do and doesn't reflect on your manhood. What it reflects on is your emotional sensitivity to the moment, right? Your sense of the moment. So sensing the moment, to be direct, to let her know how it is that you're feeling. And in today's podcast, we are going to discuss not only being a vessel of total acceptance for someone else, but a vessel of total acceptance for yourself. 
I've got a story, a new story, actually, which I have not discussed on the podcast from a client. We'll get to that in a second, when, particularly in the section of the podcast when it comes to being a vessel of acceptance for yourself. But staying on this, I guess, this first 50% of this podcast, which is being that vessel for someone else. You were there on the couch as we were back too, and she was maybe taking clothes off too fast, maybe getting a little too uh, frisky in the pants for you. And you just said, okay, this seems a little off time. It's not that I'm not attracted to you. It's not that I've got fears from the past of myself. Like this is where I'm counting for all the nuances as to why a guy might be uncomfortable here. But let's just say that none of those are present. It's just purely the fact that I feel good about myself. I feel good where I'm coming from. What I don't feel good about is how she's at alignment, out of alignment, out of frequency with the sexual progression of which we are going between. So I'll let her know that, hey, you know, very gently, very gently, very playfully. You don't need to be a, uh, a COVID police about this. You could just very gently slide in there with hey, pulling back from the kiss or just moving her hand away from your leg and saying, look in her eyes, look in her eyes. I love where this is at. Like I love the energy between you and I. I'm feeling you. I'm very attracted. However, I do feel that this is a little bit past my comfort point. It's going a little bit fast for me. Let it sit. As we've been discussing in these podcasts lately, let things sit. Sit into the emptiness. Sit into the silence in between your phrases, in between your words. Register her feedback as the story plays out. For girls that are coming from a pain point, upon hearing this, you may see a softness within their eyes. A very esoteric and elusive thing to describe with words, but maybe if you're watching this on YouTube, noting the softness in my eyes. What is the softness in the eyes? Can we please explain this for one second? The softness in the eyes is a lowering of the guard. I can't remember exactly how many podcasts it was ago, but we discussed this, the prisoner and the guard analogy in the prison that exists within the rock wall when it comes to showing empathy, when it comes to helping a woman to progress and trust who has been abused before, helping her to progress with that trauma. Please imagine a giant rock wall. And dug into it is a prison, you know, giant iron prison bars in the face of this rock wall. And what sits behind it is the pure essence, the pure love, the pure femininity of this woman, which has been locked away, barred away, and they're a prisoner and a guard sits out front, making sure that no one can ever enter again. Right, this is the metaphorical analogy for how a lot of women treat themselves when it comes to intimacy as a result of being abused, gone through the trauma and the pain points. And, you know, we've discussed the hurt, the hurt locker quite a lot recently. So you could also see this as very much a living representation of a hurt locker, just on the macro. The softness in the eyes is where we're going with this. The softness in the eyes, what are, how that pertains to that particular visualization. The softness in the eyes, and when you see in the moment that because let me just preface this. Many women, most women, I would say, unless they are meeting the gentlemen and the people that are watching this particular podcast, have never received this level of empathy, acceptance, vessel-like nature before. It's been my experience in my 10 plus years of practicing active social dynamics and being a coach for over seven years of that. It's been my experience that most women are blown away when a masculine being can actually sit in the pocket with them into the moment to breathe into who they are, to dissuade themselves of their own egoic concept. As I said before, as to how to become a vessel of total acceptance, empty yourself. 
empty yourself. That softness in the eyes comes from a recognition of this man is empty. He's empty of his own self-concept, his own self-idea. He wants to understand who I am. It is a prerequisite at the beginning of this podcast and the beginning of this particular concept of becoming a vessel in which that when we empty ourselves, that's why it's always the first point. Because how can someone else, how could you allow someone else to come in if you are full of yourself? If you hold ideas about what should be expected here in this sexual space, if you hold expectations of validation, of of external outcome, whether this will manifest into more dates or more sex or more relationship or more grandeur when it comes to your social standing amongst friends, family, uni, work, etc. If you can empty yourself of all of that, this podcast is brought to you by boldojo.com where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentary, music, all of that, all at boldojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. And so that you happen to find yourself on the couch in a woman's apartment. And yes, things had started to progress sexually, but actually she had started to push the temperature way too hot, started to shift into gears that you didn't even know existed because you were still trying to get the ignition on the car. Not that you didn't want to start the car and not that you didn't want to drive. As in the words of one of my client once said, in a situation just like this, which we did do a podcast on, he said to the woman who was going a little bit fast for him, and he said, I like where this is going. We're headed in the same direction. I'm just not at the same speed as you. I'm sorry if I, client, if I got one or two words wrong there, paraphrasing there. But yes, we're going in, you're going in the right direction. I like the direction you're going in. I'm just not there with you yet. Oh, I just want to do a little preface work here because to the softness of the eyes. The softness in the eyes is the guard who is outside of the prison keeping watch, vigil over the prisoner within, which is the essence of her femininity, uh, the purity of her vulnerability, of her trust. That's the guard taking a double look, taking a double check on the little man who came to sit out front. And what I love about that analogy, which I have not finished out yet, which I did paint in, I think it was like maybe 10 or 12 episodes ago, something to do about vulnerability, how to help a woman through vulnerability, something like that, or how to be vulnerable. I think it was how to be vulnerable. And the main point behind that visualization, which is that if you imagine you're in this giant desert wasteland and there's this giant rock cave, rock wall, and there's a prison cave within it, and that the you come to rock up every single day as a masculine being, and you just sit down to have tea with the guard. You're not trying to change the guard. You're not trying to convince the guard to let the prisoner out. You literally just show up. You show up empty. You show up with if not infinite, but highly increased capacity to hold the prisoner within. 
because the guard is on the same side as the prisoner. As you must realize in this visualization, the prisoner is not held there against will. The prisoner employs the guard to protect the prisoner. To take it out of that analogy, a woman that has been through tremendous psychological, physiological, sexual pain, she employs protection mechanisms. Say that again. She employs protection mechanisms such as if you're looking at this example of a lusting firebird, which we've been discussing so far, which is that they cover over the pain inside with aggressive sexual temperature, pace. The increased sexuality of things is the protection mechanism to avoid the disconnection within, to mask over the pain that exists within them. So whether by way of deriving extreme external validation from that, whether it be a literal diversion, just a, on the very simple level of that, I'll allow myself to be penetrated to not only receive the biochemical responses within the brain that makes me feel good for that short period of time, but as a literal distraction, as many do with social media and junk food and wasting away their lives, uh, unconscious, unaware through activities that allow them to dull and drain the very existence of that which they have available to them now to ease the pain of daily life as a human being, you find your vice. So if you can understand that now, the prisoner employs the guard. And I only just painted out the losting firebird, but let me just hit the ice turtle shell there for a second. On the flip, that prisoner or that protection, sorry, that prison guard, that protection mechanism very much could just be in the opposite end, which is a complete abandonment, a complete ghosting at the most inappropriate times. This is the most important thing I found, I would say, when it comes to this particular manifestation of a girl who's or a woman, a feminine being, who is presenting with a deep hurt locker with pain, stored up pain that is going to manifest in a pulling away from energy in that of the ice shell in which that happens at the most inappropriate moments. It, it doesn't happen off the bat. Otherwise, you never would have progressed to that level of intimacy to where it would have shocked you. So what I'm trying to paint out here is that actually it's likely going to be after the first sexual experience and it's when things really seem to be on a really great trajectory. It's when things really seem to be like, okay, this is moving along. This, this seems like, I'm not sure if she's going to be mother of my children, but it definitely seems like we've got a, we've got a thing here. We've got a thing here. We've got a relationship coming up here and I want to explore this. I want to see what this is like and I want to... Eventually, I want to meet her family. I want her to meet my family. I want to spend my nights underneath the moon with her, you know, riding the waves of the ecstasy between my heart and hers. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the softness of her neck. I want to be in the perfect mold of her hand. And you're getting these extreme, extremely heart-filling, centering moments with her. And then she drops you like a cold potato. And then she cuts you out of her life, not responding to messages for no apparent reason. That style of protection mechanism, it's not a particularly complicated one, but it is damaging no less, extremely damaging. And I have experienced this several times in my life, recently as well. But just understanding here, the reason why I'm painting all this out quite in quite an illustrative way is to show you and to tie in the connection between protection mechanisms, the prison guard. Prison guard is employed by the prisoner. Hopefully you got a full comprehension of that. Now, to the finishing off of that visualization, 
What did I say about that little man? He comes by to sit on a cushion with tea every single day with the prison guard. Why? To show that he is a vessel of total acceptance. Why? So that the prisoner would relieve the guard from their duties and venture out. But it takes a lot of time to do that. And so now diving it right back or bringing it right back on this bamboo shoots to where we were with that analogy or that not analogy, that example I was playing out before in which that when you're in the moment and we're taking out how to display this vessel-like nature of total acceptance when you're in the moment and being in the moment is to directly communicate how it is that you're feeling, how it is that what is she's presenting, how that's making you feel and then to seek to understand why. Right, so we got, I think where we last picked off was the point in which that yeah, listen, I like where you're going with this and I'm feeling the energy between you and I. It's just that it seems a little out of alignment for me. It seems a little, it's actually making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And so I think that's where we last picked off and then the softness in the eyes, bang. So the softness in the eyes, just to reconnect all of this now, when you see a softness in a woman's eyes, it means that that's the prisoner talking to the prison guard about what can we do about this situation. What can we do about this situation here? Because it seems like this man who's knocking on the on the cell gates, he seems a little bit different from everyone else. He seems like not only is he willing to be honest with me about what every other guy would pretend is not happening, particularly in the example of a woman who's in the losting firebird scale of protection mechanism in which that she's pushing the pace too far and she's driving the sexuality through the fucking roof when you're not even you haven't even entered the house. So if you're displaying this level of directness, this level of honesty with her, you will often see a softness in the eyes. As long as it's not coming from a malevolent perspective, we discussed this in the last podcast, when I'm saying being direct, I always assume that you assume I'm talking about a benevolent directness. There is a malevolent directness in which that, of course, you could be uh, coming from a dark place. You could be coming from a manipulative place. You could be not seeking for the best outcome for both of you. But if, it's, if we can assume, so I don't have to explain that for the rest of this podcast every time I say direct, we're talking about a benevolent direct, a direct in which that I'm being direct with you because you need to understand how I feel so I can understand how you feel so that we can understand how we feel in relation to each other, which would, of course, lead to the best outcome for each other. Softness in the eyes is a recognition point, a first recognition point of a woman who's open, at least introductingly, on the introduction for you to come in and understand why it is that she's acting this way, behaving this way. So that's something that, as a very tactical tip here, that I would have if you're a masculine being listening to this, or if you're a feminine being listening to this and you want to coach your, or if maybe not coach is not the right word, if you want to help your masculine partner to maybe help you in a sense, in which that it's a subconscious tick, like don't worry, don't or don't get confused. It's not something that's consciously, I would, if you're a woman listening to this, okay, soften my eyes when I want him to seek to understand a little bit more I wouldn't be consciously encouraging you to do that it's something that's going to happen organically when you feel it when it feels right that softness in the eyes is often is also comes along with many other social cues what we're really discussing here is a very micro tactical social cue that represents a psychological state an emotional state in which that someone is finally willing to relent on their unrelenting desire to protect themselves And it's not that protecting yourself is inherently a bad thing. It's the degree to which you take it. It's when a woman would protect herself to such a degree in which that allowing her to deceive herself through extreme sexuality 
which is out of alignment. It's not that extreme sexuality doesn't have its place in its right context. It's in, and that is precisely it. It's when it's out of alignment, when it's not within the right context, when the vibration is not harmonized between you and the person in front of you. And if a man is well-trained in social dynamics, he should be able to pick up on that and should be able to do as we are saying right here, which is to not only tell you exactly how it is, but to do it in a way which is empathetic, which is a way which would invite you, empower you to show him that level of softness, which aka is just a vulnerability. It's just you relenting on not being willing to be vulnerable. It's you relenting on having the prison guard stand watch 24-7 all day long, 365. It's finally being able to let someone in. Let someone in. How many? When was the last time you let someone in? I know this seems like a bit of a tangent, but it's worth tangent going down. In which that, when was the last time you let someone in? How many of you listening to this, whether you be masculine or feminine, that I hold up in that cell like absolute ice shells? Either absolute ice shells or absolute firebirds that just either freeze out true human connection or burn out true human connection. What a polarity. Let that sit for you. I'll give you that second to sit. Let's take a deep breath in three, two, one. Hope you took those four seconds to inhale, those seven seconds to hold, those eight seconds to breathe out and to let the silence sit, let the emptiness sit. I'm going to finish this point right here, but I don't want, I'm going to finish this point right here, but I don't want any of you to breeze over that, what we just went over, which was on the most deepest level, macro level of understanding that as a human being, your primary role is to Give love out and allow love in, as Maurice Schwartz once said. Bit of truth, bit of wisdom in that. Coming back to the explanations here, the unrelenting, the relenting on someone's hardwired, hardbarred prison of vulnerability. To allow some of that vulnerability to come out, that is what will manifest as a softening of eyes. Softening of eyes, you have to be highly tuned to the moment to pick up on this. So for those of you that on another social dynamic cue right here, eye contact. You guys hear me go about eye contact until ad nauseum to the point in which that hopefully you roll masters on eye contact if you've been following this podcast for at least over, I don't know, basically every single episode we talk about eye contact to some degree, something a lot more than others, but particularly social dynamic podcasts that are really focused on or sexual progression podcasts, we always go into eye contact. So eye contact, Absolutely. If you're not willing to make eye contact with someone, if you're not willing to, and then for some of you that actually might say that, well, what if my eye contact is pretty good, but she never makes eye contact with me? Well, there, there goes a great key, a great indicator for you right there. If you're in a sexual space with a woman and she's not making eye contact with you, you stop right there. You stop right there because that is a incongruent behavior to that of someone who is trusting and comfortable with you. It's a different thing if you're on a first date and a woman's just a little bit skittish, she's a little bit uh, caught up in the handbags of things, in the makeup of things, in the how pretty and how awesome she looks kind of things, and she's just trying to you know, watch her P's and Q's and present herself with the best. Uh, that's someone who... 
if that persists any longer than one date, we've got some issues. But on the first date, everyone's a little bit, you know, okay, I'm trying to do the best me here. Hopefully, you would reach a state in which that you were always living super sane. Hopefully, you would reach a state in which that you didn't have to dress your best, pretend to be your best in order to convey the best product to someone else in hopes that they would like you. Hopefully, you would just reach a state in your life in which that I was always living my best. And my best is not perfection. For the condition of human beings is that of imperfection. And the understanding of that, and so the pursuit of perfection itself, then becomes perfect. The only perfection we have available to us in this life is the pursuit of it. And perfection, that word itself, can largely be interchanged for the word love. A perfect love and love that is perfect, something that we can all pursue, something that is always there for us. And I think the pursuit of perfection is love itself. But before we get too deep into the philosophical uh, mazes of things and the jungles of things, let's pause that right there and come back to the tactical moment. I hope you would reach a state in your life in which that you didn't have to pretend to be someone else or you didn't have to pretend to be this upgraded level of who you are that you had to, you know, it's a different, I'm not talking about on the levels of what you say, you should never wear makeup or I should never put on a nice shirt. No, Listen, if that's part of who you are, do it. But what I'm saying is don't do it to such a degree and to such an extent in which that your own family members and friends wouldn't even recognize you because they've never seen this side of you. You know what I'm saying? Like stay, I like that phrase of just stay within yourself. Like stay within yourself. You don't need to extend beyond yourself into realms of unknownness to which that you are barely recognizable as your own state. So come to harmony with who you are. Come to accept who you are. You know that's something we're going to be talking about very soon. The self-acceptance and the acceptance of and being that vessel of acceptance for yourself. I'm just trying to open this bottle with my feet. Give me some. Thank you for bearing with my water mishap. Now, getting back to this, if you're with someone who's not making eye contact with you on the first date, give them some time to melt in, give themselves some time to become free. If you can demonstrate that freedom principle yourself, that is what gives other people freedom. We discussed this quite a bit actually in this podcast in which that you be free, give someone else permission to. Don't expect someone to be free with you if you're not free with yourself. Don't expect someone to make strong eye contact with you if you're not willing to make strong eye contact with them. And this brings us back to the larger point of where we came from, which is that in order to detect that someone was willing to relent on their prison guard, on their prison cell, that which their vulnerability would be hidden beneath, hidden behind, in which that you must make strong eye contact with them to understand when that they would soften up. I'm not sure how many of you are regularly dating at the moment or how many of you are regularly seeing someone. I know a lot of the people who follow this podcast are in monogamous relationships some of you are in open relationships. Like I know some clients that are right now. Uh, but in terms of those of you that I don't have an actual connection with, so that I don't actually know what your lives are like, I wonder how many of you are picking up on the same pattern that I've picked up over the last year or so, in which that there seems to be a very large portion of women that I've met in the last 12 months, you would say, that are, I would say, unbalanced in their masculine to feminine dynamic, in which that they are shifting over the scale from feminine energy to masculine. I'm one of one. I'm N of one. However, I am a very special N of one in the sense that this N of one gets access to a lot of other N of ones. 
So what I'm saying there is that when I'm working with clients, particularly in the dating and the romantic social dynamic space, I'm hearing about the set point, the demeanor of other women quite frequently, every week. So it's like in an indirect way, it's like I'm meeting all these different types or seeing the presentation of different types of women every single week, even if I'm not physically in front of them. But I'm getting a very good understanding of this. And what I'm starting to understand, it's just something that I've experienced on my own over the last 12 months, is women that appear to be very feminine, but they dress very feminine, they look very pretty, they look very butterfly-like, yet inside they are very hard, very strong. Not strong in the sense of strong to purpose, but maybe stronger than they need to be. Maybe not maybe, that's exactly what I mean, in which that been strong for too long. Been strong for too long. I mentioned this probably this time last year or it might have been slightly less when I made a podcast. It might even be actually, no, I think it was about this time last year. I made a podcast in which I said this, that we seem to be lacking strong men. We seem to be in the cycle of things in which that we have a lot of weak men, which has led to bad times. And if you know that particular rhythmic cycle in which that hard times create strong men, strong to, strong men create good times and good times create weak men. We seem to have been in that place of history right now in which that we were living in pretty good times prior to the last decade or so. You know, if you think about from the 80s to 2010, that was really good times. Probably the most prosperous times in the history of humanity. But it seems to be over the last 10 years when we look at authoritarianism, when we look at technocratism, when you look at the breaking of really true principles to Western free civilized democracy. You're seeing the brink of nuclear war. You see large-scale efforts to popularize certain ideological movements, whether it be climate change, transgenderism, or and not that I have a problem with um, transgenderism itself, more the trans activism around it. Uh, anyways, yada, yada, it goes on and on and on. I would just pick your ideological, anything someone is going to get very extreme about. And it goes, it goes to um, all aspects. All aspects of life can be affected by this. I'm just picking the ones that are very hot right now when it comes to uh, gender identity, I probably should have said, identity politics, racial politics, that's et cetera. And you see a lot of the breaking of the principles that actually got us to where we are. And you see people trying to destroy them and trying to throw them all away. And you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And they all respectively have issues within them. I'm not trying to make this a political podcast. But as you can see, there's an extreme to which you can take something. You know, that's not to say that there isn't a reason. And I think everyone can agree. We should probably take care of the earth. We probably should do our best to make sure it stays in a pristine condition. But are we going to go to the degree in which that we say no carbon emissions ever, even though we are carbon-based life forms and our entire ecosystem relies on carbon and it's part of the natural cycle of regenerative uh, agriculture and et cetera, et cetera? And of course, we're going to the extremes here. So what I'm trying to point out for you here, what was I trying to point out for you? <laughs> we've been in some bad times. We've been in some bad times. Just looking at the response to COVID is just an absolute catastrophe. The disease itself was catastrophe enough. The fact that it was 19... I think it's actually been, almost been pretty much fully guaranteed that it was a lab leak. I mean, anyone who's paid attention to what's been going on with it, you already worked that out two years ago that it was a lab leak. It wasn't something. It wasn't a zoonotic virus that occurred in the wild. It's something that was definitely generated by human beings. However, they're only just starting to acknowledge this now. They're only starting to just come out with the studies and the research and people in high places are finally acknowledging it. So anyways, the whole the, the fact that human beings created it, right, that was a catastrophe in and of itself. 
our response to the catastrophe that we created was even worse. Even worse. Like you just look at every measure that was practically imposed upon our society when it came to the response to COVID. It was almost all wrong. Almost all wrong. And that's not even just my opinion. Like this is what uh, people from across the board in many different high-respecting uh, universities, whether you're from economics or whether you're from health, that have said, actually, we should have done risk stratification. Actually, we should have probably not kept people inside when the virus itself exclusively spreads indoors. And actually, vitamin D was really important, was really critical, actually, when it came to the worst, most serious outcomes for people who got affected by it. Actually, giving people free donuts and shit to incentivize a certain medical injection was actually probably not the best thing because it seems to be that being obese is one of the most likely outcomes if you have that for a severe case of said uh, particular pathogen. So anyways, you can go on and on and on with how almost everything we did was wrong. And this is what I think was reflective of a state of society which was in bad times. Now, we've gone very macro here. We've gone very societal here. I think it's interesting though. I think we can tie this back into the micro perspective of where we are in this podcast in which that women that have had to be too strong for too long. Now, this is not me casting a wide dispersion on masculine energy everywhere and all places. Absolutely not. Because I think one of you tried to flame me. One of you tried to flame me on this the last time I brought this up, probably six or 12 months ago, in which that I'm not saying there aren't strong men. I'm just saying that there's much, much less Far fewer strong men than when I was in high school. Far few stronger men from when I was a kid. When I look at the grand scape of masculine energy, particularly over the last two and a half to three years when it came to the COVID response, it's not that they weren't strong men. I met a lot of them, particularly at rallies, particularly at freedom rallies. I met some very strong men. But just the sheer numbers of men that were willing to go along with what was clearly, whether you agreed with the science, which we now know and finding out every single day how the science was either... Uh, fabricated or was lied about or was just completely, I said fabricated, completely lied about, completely misconstrued and miscontextualized in order to particular, push a particular narrative. Whether you agreed with any of that at a previous point in history or whether you still agree with it or not, I don't even care if you're still following the narrative. What I care about is for those of you, particularly masculine beings, that could not see the corruption of the true principles of democracy. Whether you were, and this is something that I love from the bloke who lo, who runs the bloke who runs trigonometry. There's two of them, and his name is escaping me right now. Konstantin Kissin is the one I'm thinking about, the Russian-British satirist, podcaster, author, and political commentator. So he's part of the duo that runs trigonometry, and I've seen a couple of podcasts of him individually outside of their duo, and something that. I actually found in good harmony with him, which he's very rational and he actually is very pro these medical injections they introduced. However, he was very anti the breaking of freedom to bodily autonomy and the rights of bodily autonomy and informed choice and was very against mandates. So I love that balanced perspective there. Even if I don't agree with his uh, standpoint towards the medical injections, that's fine. That's fine. That's what I'm trying to say here is that that's fine. I consider him to have been a strong man in the last couple of years He's also a new father, which is congratulations to him if he ever comes across this, but I'm sending the vibes out across the waves anyway, that at least he could see, even if for someone who actually was in favor of a lot of the, uh, either the mandates or actually not the mandates, but in favor for some of the COVID response, but he could at least see that, but there's a big problem with trying to force people to do this. There's a big problem because where does this end? Where does this end? If you can tell someone that you have to inject this in your body, you can't live in society anymore, you're basically taking their entire livelihood. So you can force them to eat, drink, and take anything at that point. 
And that's why we had the Nuremberg trials, you know, at the end of World War II, in which that German Nazi doctors were just experimenting on all of their captives with no informed choice. And so we said, after that point in history, we can never allow this to repeat again. You must know the full risks and benefits of whatever medical intervention is being placed upon you. And until that comes in time, and even when that comes in time, if you deem that those risks are not worth taking, you are, and you, by way of being a human being on this earth, that every country agreed to, you have the right to say no, and you shall not incur any negative affliction as a result of saying no. This fundamental principle was broken across the last two and a half to three years, and the tide's changing, which is fantastic. The reason why I brought up this particular case study, this particular example, and the reason why I went into some depth on this is because I want to look back on this in years to come. I want my potential children in the future to look back on this and hear their father talk about what actually went down. Yeah, the fact that people weren't allowed to go to work, the people that people, the people, the fact that people were barred from going to Christmas parties, to seeing their relatives, newborn relatives, to just being able to earn a living, right, were forced out of that for injections that were proven actually to not be very safe and definitely not effective. The fact that they just keep rolling out boosters every fucking three weeks. <laughs> so anyways, moving beyond that, we could get too emotionally charged with that. The reason why I point out this case study is because weak men. Good times bred weak men. Why did I bring up weak men though? Don't worry, I'm right there with you. We brought up weak men because of women that have had to be too strong for too long. What did I see in the opposite end? What I saw in the opposite end over the last two and a half three years, is women that had to step up to the plate. Women that were having to pick up a lot of the masculine energy slack and having to incorporate that into their feminine dynamic, into their feminine being. And it's not that we as human beings don't have a polarity of both. Of course we do. We are a mixture of both yin and yang. We have both the sun and moon existing within us. Fire and water, fire and ice, we have both within us. But it is stereotypical that a male, right, someone of the sex, the sex of male, has a far heavier weighted proportion of masculine energy to his feminine, and the same could be said in the vice versa. Notwithstanding outliers, of course, there will always be outliers and nuances to that, but as the general principle. Women that have had to be too strong for too long. I'm not saying that all women were strong. Of course not. Of course not. I got abused by a Karen on the street while recording a Hugging Strangers While Blindfolded video. Just go onto my Instagram, at uitang one and in the top three images or videos, the pinned one on the top right, you can see a highlight reel of that. It's, it's fantastic of her just blasting me uh, because I was giving out free hugs and there was like zero cases in our state. This is like when COVID kind of hadn't even entered Australia because we were we shut down really early. Of course, things didn't turn out very well for us in the end. Actually, our death rate per capita was highest in the world, I think. It was one of the highest in the world. Actually, above the US, I'm pretty sure, when you talk about per capita, deaths per capita, Australia had the worst because of our excessive lockdowns, because of our excessive restriction that didn't allow us to develop natural immunity in time with the rest of the world. So we had a very naive population to the virus. By the time it came in, just fucking destroyed people. Well, that's a bit of an oversimplification. There are many things that destroyed people. The virus, yes. Yes, affecting people, yes. But were there things we could have done to mitigate that? Absolutely. Were lockdowns the necessary or what I what has proven out to be the best method to do that? Absolutely not. In fact, it's pretty conclusive that lockdowns hurt more, cost more. More people dying as a result of lockdowns than being saved. It's uh, almost irrefutable at this point. Like You have to bend over backwards to try and make that work, looking at the statistics. Anyways, getting beyond the statistics of things. Women that have been too strong for too long. I got abused by a woman who was an absolute Karen. 
she was not strong at all. What I did say, though, for the most part, was women that were saying no, saying no, that were not taking these mandates on, that were not going to willing to uh, succumb to it. And it's not to say that for those that held out for a year and they were strong for a year, but then they just they had they had to break because they just couldn't feed themselves. You know, I have mad respect for those people, man or woman. I have mad respect because it never should you should never have been forced in that position in the first place. But speaking on the strength and weakness of things, I did I definitely saw women that surprised me in, in both directions, but surprised me in the major direction of which that you're a lot stronger than I thought you were. Like you look like a pretty thing. You look like a real pretty thing. And often we associate pretty things with being that of soft nature. I'm not trying to place a subjective, yes, that's correct or no, that's incorrect. I think it's very contextual right? because it's true. I know a lot of girls that are very pretty and soft, right? That I wouldn't trust this girl to help me out in a jam if my car broke down on the side of the road. Then again, I know a lot of pretty girls that are very hard. So I'm not trying to draw hard and fast lines here. Stay with me. What I am trying to say though, is that I have been coming across, this is where this entire point stemmed off, I've been coming across a lot of women in the last 12 months that are very pretty, that look like they wouldn't need to be so hard. They wouldn't need to have so much masculine energy within them, yet they do. And it's causing problems. It's caused, it caused problems I saw repeatedly over the last 12 months of dating in which that, why isn't this girl letting me in? Not even why isn't she letting me in, why is she actively trying to keep me out? That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant work through because that is the complete depiction of it. It's not about that I want to get to the absolute emotional core of a woman on day one from the first day as we're literally sitting down having the first drink together. What I'm trying to say here is that if a woman is actively trying to keep you out, in which that she's keeping you at a distance through the eye shell protection mechanism in which that she's giving you no eye contact, she's giving you no affection or comfortability with her physicality. And when we talk about, can we, can we get into that for just a second? It's something worth revisiting. What are we looking for when it comes to an alignment of trust and comfort in a sexual space? What we're looking out for is the EVT, eyes, vocals, and touch. If someone gives you their eyes, great sign of comfort. Someone gives you their vocals. What does that mean? They're willing to soften their vocals. They're willing to linger. They're willing to allow for space. They're willing to dance. They're willing to play with their vocals, go through range with their vocals, sit down, extend, whisper through. Put a little spice, put a little intrigue, put a little mystery on their vocals. That's someone who's very comfortable. Someone who's very uncomfortable with their vocals. It's like, hi, my name's Adam and I'm a robot. I'm a robot. I'm a robot and I talk like this the whole time and there's absolutely no variance whatsoever within the pace or the or any intrigue whatsoever in what I'm saying. That is someone who's very uncomfortable with their vocals. And then you go to the touch, to the touch, and this is very self-explanatory, but we always start at the level that needs explaining, which is that of a baby touch, that of which a newborn baby would be comfortable with is the touch that we start with, which is just merely holding someone's hand. Holding someone's hand. For those of you that are very confused about how to sexually progress through touch, if you've already checked off eyes and and vocals, through touch, we sexually progress at the lowest level first, just holding their hand. How does their hand respond? I said at the beginning, somewhere at the beginning of this podcast, having a woman's, sorry if that bumped the mic, having a woman's hand melt into yours, mold into yours, the mold of her fitting into your hand. 
that is something very easy that you can play with, that you can test, that you can see where the level of trust and comfort lies with you when it comes to sexual progression. A woman that is a nice turtle shell that is protecting off in a distancing, pulling away from energy because she's actively trying to keep you out is not going to give you a full synchronization between the EVT. Eyes, vocals, touch. However, we can also see this in the opposite end. So this is where you don't want to get confused. You don't want to get confused with a woman who's on the lusting firebird end that is going to give you all the eyes, all the vocals, all the touch, too fast, too soon, out of alignment, out of harmony, out of vibration. That is just as much as a problem as a woman that will give you none. This is where the art of social dynamics is. This is why I always say the art of social dynamics and not the science of social dynamics. Social dynamics is not an algorithm. It is not ones and zeros that you can plug into a computer and print out and map out some cheat code on how to not only become a vessel of total acceptance for someone, but how to become this, because that's a far more grounded and centered mentality, someone who would want a cheat code, someone that would want an algorithm to human relationships and dynamics surely would be coming from a much more external-based outcome in which that they're looking for they're looking for the transaction. They're looking for the number. They're looking for the day. They're looking for the sex. They're looking for that pump per minute. They're not looking for that heart per minute. They're not looking for that sit per minute, that deep sit into the presence of now, into the love of now. That's worth studying carefully. Truly. So I'm 100% honest with you. We've got really deep into the social dynamics of the EVT and all that stuff. I'm not entirely sure where that bamboo tree came off of. That's fine. We'll roll on. So where we are and where we were largely in this podcast in general, which was going through that role play, that initial initial demonstration I was talking about, about being there with women in the moment, because we're getting to these larger principles of demonstrating vessel-like nature. And actually, I know exactly where we were off of that tangent, actually, which was just women that have too much masculine energy. All right, so let me finish that. I know where we are back now, and we'll get back to the major after that. All right, all right, sit, sit still for me. Sit, sit. Oh, maybe not sit still. We definitely move around, but psychologically, stay with me. So, yes, coming across women that have a lot more masculine energy than they need to, and what it is manifesting in, in which that you're seeing a lot more icebergs. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you're seeing a lot more ice turtle shells or lusting firebirds. You're seeing, particularly, I would say, ice turtle shells. I'm seeing a lot more ice turtle shells than I ever used to. And, you know, that's very easy for me to get confused on my own personal bias because I'm NF1, but I get access to a lot of other NF1s and I'm seeing this also manifest in different countries around the world with my clients. So it's not something that I'm just trying to base off my own experience. It's definitely a pattern I am seeing. And I think it largely has to do with what's happened the last two to three years. I don't think it began with that, but I think that really was a a fire starter. I think that was pouring gasoline on a fire or maybe pouring uh, a little more ice into the storm a storm that was already brewing. And so if you can understand that, I think I think that was just a point of reference. I think that was just a point of talking point, a pattern point that I wanted to demonstrate to you guys because now we can come right back to the main principle in which that and why it's actually so important. Because if we're entering a state of society, this is where I love to take you guys in this podcast that these podcasts are much more than just about the rudimentary of things, right? The basics of things. I like to flesh out and fiber out. And that's how you know this podcast is extremely unplanned and real, in which that will dive into areas that I haven't necessarily given several thousands of hours of thought to. You know when I'm discussing something which I've given thousands of hours of discussion and thought to. But when we're discussing other things and we're taking a commentary, a play-by-play on the state of society, yeah, we're going to dance around. And that's what we've been dancing around here in which that and a dance and then is beneficial in all ways for everyone to understand. Now, hopefully you're dancing with me. 
Hopefully, you're juxtaposing these ideas of your own ideas and then you're evolving your own mental capacity facility. You'd be best positioned if you wanted to be a being of supreme excellence. It's particularly in the realm of social dynamics and how you relate to other human beings, which is life itself. That is life itself. Make no mistake. There's nothing you'll do in this life that is not going to incorporate another human being on every level. If you wish to excel in the dynamics of human beings, then you better understand where we are in a macro state. You better understand the fact that you're probably going to come across a lot more women that are ice turtle shells as a result of having to be too hard for too long, too strong for too long, too much masculine energy for too long. And so in the event of that happening, now we can finally get back to where we were in the major scape of this podcast in which that when you are in a sexual moment, you are in a sexual moment and it's interesting because we're actually running a demonstration of the opposite type of energy because I feel like that is actually, well, we should probably cover both. But we started with the lasting firebird, so I may as well finish that and then we'll get to the ice, the ice turtle shell after that. But just being, and the principles apply the same. Like they do, they really apply the same. Just the example I'm using is different. Because what we're talking about here is a woman that doesn't fully trust that you are that vessel of total acceptance. So this is where we can move into the second part of the vessel of total acceptance principles. So we talked about, we've largely... You know, what's interesting is that in a little bit of a indirect way, we have been pretty much fleshing out the first major principle, which is the emptying of yourself. To be there in a moment with a woman when you are the heat of sexual progression is beginning and you are sensing there is a misalignment, whether it be ice or fire, whichever way it may come as a manifestation. But you can empty yourself to the point of being able to comfortably, empathetically, direct, congruent, authentically tell her how it is that you are feeling and how she is presenting as, or I should, should reverse that, how she is presenting and how that is making you feel. If you can get that under belt, right, that is the beginning of emptying yourself out, emptying that vessel out. Yeah. Turning the sound down on your ego. If the vessel itself, if you can imagine, well, we've used many different analogies here, I'd like you to envision a, a, a gigantic container, a gigantic glass container right? we just throw everything out of it who you are your concept of egoic self throw it all out and you could only do that which is where we are really in this podcast you could only demonstrate that to her and inspire her to want to be carried if you were empty a woman does not want to be carried by a man who is already full of himself if he's full of his own egoic concept, what benefit would she gain from opening up to him about who she is and the pain of her life and the patterns of her life which has led her to behave in the way that she is now, which is actually making him uncomfortable? She must receive the signal from you that you are empty. A vessel of total acceptance is empty by nature so that it may accept whatever would fill and whatever wish to be carried. So moving now into the second part of this principle, the next principle, the next major principle, which is increasing your carrying capacity. As a naive, blissfully naive practitioner of social dynamics, you are likely not aware of what it means to be sexually abused, to have gone through that trauma as a woman, or to have been romantically engaged and involved integrating with a woman who has been through such experiences, largely as a masculine being, you have no concept of what it means to be afraid in a sexual space. 
It's not to say that it doesn't exist and that women don't sexually abuse men. It happens, absolutely. It does, I acknowledge that. But it is definitely not the majority of experiences that a masculine being will go through or that the majority of masculine beings will go through. I can say for you myself, I myself have never been sexually abused by a woman. I know one friend who has, but of all the male friends, a male friend that has, but of all the male friends that I've had, none of us except one that I know in my 29 years of life have been sexually abused by women. It's not to say that it doesn't happen. I'm not trying to demean the experience for those that it has happened to. So make sure you got that understood. All I'm trying to say is that you can understand why it would be very difficult and why it requires active learning and education for a masculine being to become this type of vessel of total acceptance, but more so to have the carrying capacity. When we're talking about carrying capacity, we're talking about having an empathetic understanding, a much larger view of what it is that a woman would go through, why she would, and why she would result, end up with a result of such a protection mechanism as a result. Yeah, that was the right way of saying it. So I used the word result too many times there. Why she would end up with such a protection mechanism resulting from that particular abuse, that particular trauma. There you go, worked it out. So what I'm trying to paint out here in real terms is it's very confronting as a masculine being when you're staring down the barrel of a woman's eyes and she tells you that she's been raped. You hear about it on CSI Miami and NCIS and you know, if you've seen it in various movies and you see it in the Hollywood mainstream media, you hear the word tossed around. You hear it tossed around pretty lightly, actually, particularly when it comes to contentious issues such as abortion, et cetera, uh, domestic violence. But until you're actually there in the moment, and this is where I'm speaking to my, I'm speaking to those of you that listen to this podcast regularly, that speak to this because you know me. And even though I don't know you, except for the handful of you that either email me or that I work with one-on-one as clients, for those of you that have more of a relationship with me than I have with you, and you can hear it within me. So if you're new to the podcast, listen, maybe this is the first podcast you're ever listening to, we don't have that relationship yet, or you don't have that relationship with me yet. But as you'll come to find, if you stay throughout more episodes, or if you go back in the catalog and listen to more episodes, what you understand of me is that I give you me. I give you all of me. I give you the true me. Which is what makes our relationship quite special. That this is really just a conversation between you and I. You're really just hearing how I truly feel about things. And if I'm sitting here saying to you that it is no small item, it is no small event in your life in which that as a masculine being, you are faced with a feminine being that is telling you that she's been raped. For there is a gulf that exists between your concept theoretically of what that means and then to look into someone's eyes, a woman's eyes, a young woman's eyes that is conveying such beauty, such purity, such a simple essence of who she could be. But you can feel that protection mechanism arising. You can feel the walls that she is setting up as she's conveying this information. There is a devoidness of love within her eyes. There is a drifting between the connection of which she knows to be the true self, the, the self within her, which that she would most want to give you and the person she's having to give you for fear of judgment, for fear of self-destruction as a result of what your reaction may be. She does not know whether she will be accepted or not. She does not know whether you are that vessel of acceptance or not. Now, for you to even get to this position in the conversation, 
let's say now we can go back to the demonstration. Now that we're starting to increase the carrying uh, capacity and we're going through that principle of increasing the carrying capacity, let's bring it back to the demonstration principle here. So we're going with that wound in which that she was pushing you a little too hard and you said you were a little bit uncomfortable with this. And then, and of course, we had a lot more back with that. There's more than just saying I'm uncomfortable with this. It's, of course, saying, hey, listen, love where you're at, love where I'm at, loving this energy, but I gotta let you know how I feel. I feel a little bit uncomfortable because it seems like you're pushing things a little too fast here. It seems a little out of alignment, a little bit out of vibration. That's where we last left off this demonstration. Now let's pick it back up to increase our capacity, our carrying capacity in this vessel nature of things. To then finish that sentence by saying, and I'd like to know why. I'd like to understand you. Is there anything you'd like to share with me? There's no rush. There is no pressure. I'm having a great time here with you anyway. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to do anything. Four square feet is all but I need to feel like I'm at home with you. However you would like to position it, but the principle underneath all the different examples I just gave you, the same. Which is, I'm a man. You're a woman. Let's see if we connect. Keep it simple, keep it pure. Assume the best, prepare for the worst. That's the third principle, but you're seeing it already start attacking here. So let me hold off on the philosophy of that, the philosophy of that. But you can see, you can see how it's starting to play in. So coming back to the principle, we're actually in the increasing the carrying capacity. So increasing the carrying capacity, what that means is to extend well beyond, increase the volume of the container. You never want to... Upon sensing that a woman has some form of pain, some form of hurt locker, that she has locked off her vulnerability, her sensuality, you never want to assume that you know the extent of that. You never want to pretend that you are prepared for that. You want to go in, as we have formally stated, as empty as you possibly can be, and then to increase the carrying capacity of which you think you're even possible of which is all preface and it's all started with those opening statements of empathy, of that I want to understand you, that it's totally fine. We don't need to do anything here. There's no pressure here. I'm just enjoying being with you here. Letting a woman know this, right? It's endearing to her vulnerability. It's encouraging of her sensibility, of her sensitivity to the moment with you. And if you can put this forward in a raw moment, in a true moment with her, it starts to shine light if your vessel and the nature of the vessel we have discussed from her perspective has largely been in the dark prior to this. She doesn't know whether even if you can be a vessel of total acceptance, she doesn't even know if you can be that vessel of total acceptance or to the degree to which that you could hold. So now she's starting to get an idea of the carrying capacity. For most women in general have never even seen this before from a masculine being, particularly not in an opening sexual moment, in a burgeoning sexual experience. But if you can display this, a lot of light gets shunned, gets shined upon. And then to base off of her feedback, we talked about the softness in the eyes. All right, let's check in on the other two physical, they are, let me say social. Let's check in on the other two social principles that made up the trio of comfort and trust in terms of vocals and physical touch. EVT, eyes, vocals, touch. If her eyes already softened a little to let you even get to that point, are you paying attention to the 
pitch, tonality, spacing, silence, the vocals coming from her, the projection levels. Are you paying attention to what she's doing with her body? Are you paying attention to her subconscious body language? When someone is looking to self-soothe, what do they do? They will hug themselves. They will cross their legs. They will reduce their presence in physical space. They will cocoon. Understand this. Understand this. This Having an understanding of these basic principles socially allows you to time things very well. It allows you to pace things very well. Okay, I see that her eyes have softened a little bit. I can, I mean, she's getting a little bit, she's trusting me a little bit more. She's a little more comfortable. She's becoming a little more vulnerable. Fantastic. I can push in a little bit deeper here. We can go a little bit deeper. If her vocals are softening up as well, if there's a lot more space, if she's not rushed with it, if she's mirroring my vocals, if I demonstrated a softness in my vocals and she mirrored that, that's another big green tick. If I went to play with her hand in the small of her hand and just a gentle touch and she responded with as gentle a touch, again, green lights here. We start to push in. And of course, as would be common sense, if none of these were ticking on green, if none of these were reflecting in the same way that you had intended for, then you would know to back it up. You would know to slow down. You would know that she would be not ready for this yet yet another key principle here which is that everything that i'm painting out is a best case scenario i'm trying to paint it in the way in which that she's very receptive like she's been waiting for this she's been waiting for you she's been waiting for a masculine being to be that vessel of total acceptance she would want nothing more than to be able to talk to you about the pain of her sexual experiences with other masculine beings but she did not found a masculine being who is that vessel However, that is not to say that every single feminine being that you will come across will be of this demeanor, that will be of this readiness, this openness, this vulnerable so quickly. In fact, that's not been my experience. What's been my experience is that it can take several hours, if not days, weeks, potentially months. I've been in a relationship with girls where it took them months to become fully open and fully vulnerable with me despite my best efforts every single time out, which comes back to the same rock cave analogy, rock prison analogy, is that when we are faced with the prison guard and the prisoner behind, that the man who comes to sit on his cushion with his tea every single day purely comes to talk with the guard. He doesn't try to convince the guard. He doesn't try to tell the prisoner that she should fire the guard. He just sits. He just sits and he talks, demonstrates who he is, the best of who he is. That's all you can do. That's the best you can do. That's all I want you to do. So be prepared in these situations, these burgeoning situations for things to not go the way you want them to, not as fast as you want them to do. And this is a core principle to being a vessel in which the, the vessel requires nothing. The vessel just is. The ocean just is. Whether the waves are raging or whether they flat as a pancake, the ocean just is ready to receive, ready to engage, ready to receive. So do not be dissuaded if a woman is not fully vulnerable and fully open because as a result of seeing your, despite seeing your uh, willingness to empty yourself and to engage a vessel-like process with her to show her that she is fully accepted, do not be dissuaded or dejected because she has not recognized that yet and do not give up, most importantly, on the process itself. I have seen other clients go through this. I have myself been through this in which that you tried once, it didn't work. And when I say it didn't work, 
she maybe gave you some brief opening about it. Yeah, there was some time when my boyfriend like treated me like shit, but hey, that's all in the past. And don't worry about it. Let's get back to it. And you go, oh, okay, it's all fine. No, 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 no. If a woman tries to breeze over her pain, that is a signal. That is her signaling to you that this is a sensitive point. This is a point of rawness here, which is going to take a little bit of coaxing out, a little bit of lubrication, psychologically, mentally, spiritually, for her to trust in that she could fully open up and allow herself to be carried by your vessel, to be known, to know that she is accepted for that. So do not give up on the process too soon. In the event that you are met with a either yellow or red when it comes to the traffic lights of perceiving and receiving her signals of comfortability, go back to the previous point of comfortability. This is sound principles right here, right? If you get that little bit of like a bit of a brush off, get that little brush off. And she, let's take the example we're just running through. So we're running through or the one that we've been mainly carrying throughout this podcast in which that, you know, she's going a little too hot, a little too fast and you backed her up and we went through those principles of direct principles of displaying and reflecting to her what her behavior is, how it's making you feel uncomfortable and for you, most importantly, to demonstrate and that's you largely emptying yourself and then part two, increasing your carrying capacity, telling her, endearing her, encouraging her to help you to understand why, seeking to understand her, giving her that invitation to be carried, to enter the vessel. That invitation is largely where we are in this podcast. That's where we are in the running analogy of things and if you said that to a woman and she goes, Ah, actually, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry if I'm pushing things a bit fast. I'm just, you know, I got out of a bad relationship a few months ago and, you know, there's some shit that went down. And Anyways, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I hear it's, it's like, okay, in that moment, how would we respond to that in the actual moment? Well, we first off, we wouldn't blast her for it. We, we, it's much easier to analyze what we wouldn't do. We wouldn't blast her for it. We wouldn't say, uh, oh, why didn't you tell me about that? Or we wouldn't say, or is this going to make this is going to be a problem, or you know, etc. We of course we're not going to be putting any form of judgment. Let's dissuade ourselves of that right now, and let's get on to what we actually want to do. What we would do is that acknowledge first. I see you. I would like you to transcend to the ultimate level of receiving someone in order to demonstrate true acceptance. For just because. Just because a woman has knocked back your invitation to enter the vessel, to fully open up is what I'm saying there about the pain of her past and explaining why she's behaving the way she is. But she gave you something. She gave you a little bit, just not nearly enough. Remember what we said before? Never assume that we have demonstrated the capacity through which she needs to be held. Never assume that we have the current capacity. We allow her to demonstrate to us at every stage of this relationship, of this progression of sexuality, to where she is at in regards to her comfortability. And what that really reflects is how much of the vessel she can see within you. The reason why I said my response to that would be, I see you. And I hit you guys with that pause. I hit you guys with that deep eye contact. I hit you guys with the love. Because anything less would reduce my perception, her perception of my vessel. If I was to hit her back with something like, oh, you know, oh, we should talk about that sometime, but that's okay. Yeah, that's not bad. But it's not great either. It's not bad. It's not going to do damage. Whereas most guys would do something that would actually damage. 
right? They would just ignore it altogether, keep going to sexual progression, burn the bridge again, freeze her out again. You know, they would they would just perpetuate the pattern of pain, which is not going to result in a good outcome for anyone. But it would not necessarily cause any of that just to say, oh, you know, that's that's totally cool. I understand what you're saying. Maybe we'll talk about it another time. You've, at least that's not hurting anyone as long as you didn't do something hurtful after that. But it doesn't really bring you closer. It's neither moving forward nor moving you closer to her. What I gave you was a true demonstration of presence. To sit there, to be there with her and say, I see you. Even if you think and even if you can sense, and this is what we're actually aiming for. What we're aiming for is a gap. We're aiming for a gap in which that if she said something that was pretty chill, pretty casual at first, which was when you demonstrated, hey, listen, you're kind of, I see, I mean, I'm like where this is going. I like, I'm definitely going the same direction as you. I'm definitely feeling the vibes here, feeling the energy. But I do feel a little uncomfortable because you seem to be pushing the pace really fast. And I just wanted to let you know it's okay because I want to understand who you are. I want to understand if there's a particular reason why this is. Is there anything you want to share with me? Encourage, endear, invite. Yes, yes, yes. And if she brushes it off with that casual, uh, you know, there was, there was this like thing with my boyfriend like a couple months ago, like my ex, but you know, it's kind of treated me bad. But you know, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. I, I hear what you're saying. For you to meet her at the same level is not going to inform her of anything to the degree of what your vessel is like or how much it could potentially carry. But so you need to step it up. You need to show her the extent of your carrying capacity to increase it to the fullest degree, which is why I said true presence, true eye contact, true love from the heart, a very simple phrase known as I see you. The word's not so important, but the energy conveyed behind them, which is that, and what is the end of that sentence, by the way, which you would never say, but it is conveyed throughout all of your subcommunicated behavior, which is I see you and I see that you're not quite comfortable right now. And that's totally okay. Because I accept you for all that you are. Me being a vessel of total acceptance as a masculine being, I'm ready to hold all that you carry, all that you hold as a feminine being. There will be no judgment. There will be no pain. There will be no fire on the end of it. There will be no running out of the door. There will only be a move. There will only be a moving forward and a moving closer together. That is what it means to be a vessel of total acceptance. Feels good, doesn't it? It feels good, doesn't it? So that's the end of the sentence that you wouldn't give. Hopefully you can convey all of that sentence through a simple I see you with eye contact, with love from the heart, feeling the vibration, feeling the energy of things. Don't need to get extraordinarily woo-woo with it, but there is a little intangible to it. It is very intangible. The things that I'm conveying to you right now surely cannot be derived from a piece of paper, from writing on a paper, from type on a paper. No, sir. No, sir. What you would need to do is to empty yourself, to increase your carrying capacity, to show her the extent of your vessel, to meet her not only at her level, but to extend to such a level in which that she feels like there is a relationship here when it comes to the masculine feminine energy in which that you are that of the ocean. If a woman can be faced and prefaced with a woman, 
if a woman can be prefaced and faced with a, <laughs> no, 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 that's what the, the word I want to erase. Don't worry. I swear I'll get it this time. <laughs> I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to these phrases. Would a man, <laughs> when a woman can be faced with a man who would demonstrate to her that he is the vessel of acceptance of that of the ocean, that no matter what she brings to the shoreline, whatever pain, whatever hurt locker she holds within her, that he would accept her for all of it. He could carry all of it, hold all of it, which is not to enable any of it. It is purely to understand all of it, to understand all of who she is, all of what that is informed about her, how is that has formed her egoic concept of self, so that they, as two beings, two beautiful beings, two magnificent, rare expressions of life, could come together and experience the universe within each other. Sitting deeply into the moment, Knowing that you are not your pain, knowing that you are not your past, knowing that words do not even need to describe this, that the words are not even relevant. I'm using these words right now to convey the lesson to you, but as you were in there in the moment, that you convey all of these words without a word. It would be eye contact. It would be the love conveyed from your being into them. It would be the love of being, the love of the moment, the joy, the peace of the moment. All of these things, words needn't require. Yes, sure. You can take that shit home. Check, please. I love it when we go on a run. I love it when we go on a run. And that was a run. Because that was the expression of energy that I wish all of you to convey. I wish all of you to embody that type of energy in which that... that we can use words. We can use examples. I'm doing the best I can with english frameworks for you to understand what this vessel thing is. But if you could really feel my spirit leaping out of its human garage that's what just happened that's what the vessel is that is the capacity that of the ocean like if you can't visualize what it means to be and not only visualize but to embody what it means to be an ocean to a woman's pain to a woman's life to a woman's being and that if you can't embody that and it doesn't bring within you a jumping out of spirit and an overwhelming, intensifying, animating energy within you, you have much to learn. You have much to study. You are likely very poor in social experience. You are likely very poor in understanding these raw, intimate moments. And that is okay if you are willing to move forward. If you are willing to heed the advice of this podcast and to endeavor to live a life in which you would best understand yourself in relation to others so that you could deliver the best experience for all human beings you engage with. This is not a judgment on those of you who are inexperienced. Sure, For surely I was as inexperienced. I remember what it was like sitting down with a woman for the first time and her telling me that it's because I was raped. It's because I was psychologically abused as a kid. It's because I was told I was no good. It's because I was bullied and my family and my extended family used to treat me like shit. I've, I've been through these conversations. I know what it's like. I feel the pain. And I understand what it's like to not know what to say. And if you're in that position of not knowing what to say, then take the core nugget of this podcast, which was just dropped, which is, I see you. I may not be Dr. Phil. I may not be Adam from the Bulldojo and know all these great lingual phrases and passages and analogies and demonstrations of metaphor to which to understand the prisoner in the garden, the rock cave and the dancing of yin and yang and the masculine energy and the sun and the moon of things. I might not be able to poetically export all that out to convey a meaning which exists within me. But what I know I can do is tell you that I see you. Those three simple words, but the doorway to a room 
of subcommunicated behavior which came through your eye contact, the tonality, the silence, the ease of your body, the touch of your spirit, if you will. For in a world of glass roses and wooden men, we have surely forgotten these things. You're sure? So we kind of exploded there. We actually probably skipped a few steps. I think we need to back up a few steps. So where we were in the larger part of this podcast and also the demonstration of things was when a woman just brushed you off with a casual and that's when we went into the ICU of things. But we kind of jumped a few steps there when the actual raw shit did comes, does come out. So let's get into that. So let's say that she brushed off you with the casual, you gave her the ICU. And again, just because you say ICU and you convey that ocean-like vessel nature, that doesn't mean she's willing to accept it yet. That doesn't mean she's willing to trust it yet. If not in that moment, might not be for weeks, not be for months, but you need to show up every single day. You need to show up every single experience showing her that you are that vessel of total acceptance, that you have emptied yourself, that you do have a carrying capacity to hold all that which she has carried throughout her entire life. And that finally, of the third principle, that you assume the best and you prepare for the worst. What does this mean? What this means is that you assume that whatever she has enacted as a protection mechanism, whether it be excessive sexual energy or a restriction of sexual energy, busting firebird or ice turtle shell, that you assumed it was done with the best of intent, that she was not doing it to hurt you, that she was not doing it. They may not have absolutely nothing to do with you, that you were assuming she was at best doing it to protect herself so that this would allow you to detach your egoic concept from the fact that, yes, you feel uncomfortable because she's pushing the sexual pace too fast, but it's as a result of her doing what she felt was best to protect herself, understanding and assuming the best. Never assume that she's trying to hurt you. And if you can marry that with prepare for the worst, and that's what I meant when we skipped a few steps, in which that I kind of took you to the worst already, in which that you assume, sorry, that you prepare for the worst, you prepare for rape. You prepare for what that means. The cursory understanding of what rape is is not enough. It is a worthwhile mechanism. It's a worthwhile exercise for a masculine being to visualize what it would be like as a woman to be raped. It would offer you a added level of understanding and empathy to the condition of feminine energy. For it is a very alien idea for a masculine being to be in a sexual position and to have their someone else someone else's will forced upon them. But how many masculine beings listening to this have ever gone into their own minds? gone into the dark room of their own minds and thought, I wonder what it would be like if I was a woman. If I was a woman and I got into a sexual interaction with a man and he did things to me that I didn't want him to do. How would that feel? It makes me very somber and it makes me feel very uneasy, even just at a very preliminary stage here as I'm not going through any particular brutal visualization right now, but I surely have. And that is when the level of discomfort increases tremendously. And then if if we could take you to the next level of discomfort as a masculine being to help you encourage more empathy, what if it was your daughter? What if it was your daughter that was raped? How would you feel then? Hopefully your level of discomfort increased exponentially, as it did for me. I'm being very eloquent in my words here, but yeah, it's a very, it's a very large fire that erupts within myself at the very concept of that. And I don't even have a daughter. 
just to keep touch is all I'm saying here. I'm not saying that you need to spend your waking hours all day, every day, visualizing these kind of things in the same way that when I've talked about the death meditations, I find it very useful, very beneficial to meditate on death regularly. The death of myself, death of loved ones, my reactions, my emotional reactions, observing my egoic attachments in this life. It is not that you need to spend your waking days though doing that. It is just useful to have a touch on it for when death does show its fortunate face. Fortunate face. For life would not be what it is without death. And for those of you that have not experienced it, you would likely not understand. Ah, oh, that's not even correct in and of itself. There are many people who have experienced death who do not see it as fortunate. Death to me is a gift. Death to me is a gift. Whether it's your best friend or your father. It was an honor to go through that experience processing their deaths. The gift. So where we were on that particular thought line was enough to keep touch base with it. Enough so that particularly if you are engaging, no, not particularly, because it doesn't matter whether you haven't seen a woman in a year or if you're seeing a woman every week, just to know that that's a thing that women go through pretty commonly. And when I say pretty commonly, sexual abuse is far more common than you realize. Many women have been sexually abused that have never spoken a word to anyone about it. The girl that I'm seeing right now, Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. I won't say that just in case some of her friends listen to this or later on to have a track, people, other family members or whatever come across this podcast. There's a likelihood of that. So I'll pause that there and I'll just speak aloofly in which that other women that I've been with in the past have been with for months until they told me. Sometimes they told me within a few weeks of us being together, but they, I was either the second or first person they ever told. Yeah. There's a large, a large amount of shame and guilt that comes along with it. Self-hatred that comes along with it. Self-loathing. A destruction of self-worth, which we discussed in last week's podcast. A disconnection from oneself. So it's good to touch base. It's good to have an understanding of what someone might feel as a result of going through such an experience. And so, that would inform you as we are now diving back to the larger part of this podcast, it would help to educate and inform you as you foray into a conversation with someone in which that you're trying to demonstrate your vessel-like nature and your carrying capacity. And now finally, the third principle, that we have assumed the best, we assume that they had the best intent no matter what their behavior was, and that we prepared for the worst. We prepared for the fact because we had touched base with the fact that some pretty messed up things can happen in this world. Some pretty dark things can happen in this world. You know, I think it's pretty common. Most people, when they think of rape, they think of a, a stranger. They think of a someone just an absolute like serial a serial rapist in that sense. Someone who had no connection to him whatsoever. It was just on the path of destruction and pain. However, that's most likely, and I would say at least, I think the statistics would back this up. Although I can't actually confirm that for you, but it would be my intuition that the statistics would back this up because it's been definitely my experience as an N one in which that most rape happens domestically. It happens with someone that you trusted, whether it was an uncle or a parent's friend or a babysitter or a uh, a trusted friend, a trusted a best friend. Yeah. I've, I've seen these examples in my real life of women that I've been interacting with. So I know these are real. I know these are very real. 
And so you prepare for the worst situation in which that when you are down there on the couch or you're down there on the bed and you're showing that either reluctance to go through EVT or that over over deluctance, I should say, over uh, I was trying to find a word that rhymed with reluctance. Deluctance is, I'm pretty sure that's not a word. Over reluctance or over indulgence is the word I was looking for there. Good, good. We're sharp today. That over indulgence on the EVT, the eyes, vocals, and touch, what I'm saying there, Falsing Firebird or Ice Turtle Shell on Sexual Energy, in which that gone through, showed her that initial principles, emptying yourself, second off, increasing the carrying capacity, showing your carrying capacity, and finally, number three here, if she's pushed you back and you've given it some time, whether that be on the same night or maybe it's a few dates later, a few weeks later, a few months later, and you're finally sensing the moment in which that, okay, it seems like she's ready to open up and to dump into this vessel her emotional pain. Please be prepared for the absolute worst. This is something that my 19-year-old self needed to know. I needed to know that there was something much rawer and explicit and visceral to hearing a woman say to you eye to eye that I've been raped. How to even respond to that moment. Preparing for the worst is far more about how you respond to her than how you deal with the emotional feeling inside. Although they are not... Uh, they are not disconnected. I have to discuss both of them, but I just want to get the order of them and the priority of them correct, like giving the correct weight to them. So, because I said that, yeah, as a 19-year-old, you're just not prepared for it emotionally, but it's not because you're going to freak out about it. It's because, and what I'm saying why we need to prepare for the worst is not because I think you're going to freak out about it. It's because I think you're not going to do what you actually need to do, which is what I definitely didn't do the first time, which was that. breathe into her when someone tells you that their loved one passed away when someone tells you that they've been diagnosed with a terminal illness when someone tells you that they've been raped and sexually abused words are not required you needn't fumble for the platitudes of society to offer them some form of sympathy empathy some wrapping paper upon which an empty box was inside. They need to know that you care. And the way to show one that you care, the way to show someone that you care, is by being present with them. Staring so deeply into their souls, their spirits, that they feel a combination with yours. And a dissolution into all things. A relinquishing of the pain of the past and the future where their pain exists and are sitting into the moment which could only be filled with love. That's caring for someone. That's the response. That's how you respond to someone when she tells you that I've been raped. After breathing deeply into that moment with her, showing her that level of care, and by the way, since that you were prepared for the worst now, you are now fully displaying simultaneously the extent of the carrying capacity of your vessel, which would then show and imbue within her the level of acceptance you can offer. The defining moment of the quality of your vessel and what acceptance you can offer will be in the moments after she tells you 
the depth of her pain and how you respond. How you respond is everything. And the good news is that you don't need to say anything. But you need to say everything. You don't need to say anything, but you must say everything. A an academic essay of well-crafted responses and arguments and details of how to process someone's PTSD and trauma, that's saying anything. A true practice of presence, a true delving into the fabric of life, which required no words, just the divine presence, which all human beings are embedded with, That's saying everything. She will guide you as to where you move after that. Whether that silent moment lasts five minutes, just a deep holding of each other's eyes, a deep caressing of each other's spirits. No words. This has often been the fallout, if you will, or maybe I should say the fall down into the vessel. No words are required. And at a certain moment, she and I would encourage you allow her to direct this moment. She will encourage some form of dialogue. She will say, she will open up with, and this is how it happened, or and this is why I was acting that way. I'm sorry that I was pushing things a little too fast or that I was being a little too cold, whichever way she manifested. She will direct wherever this needs to go after this. For it does not matter where it goes after this because you are already in the location. You are already in the environment upon which you need to be. And the reason why I laid back on the couch is because I'm trying to physically demonstrate to you that this is what it would look like. In which that, look how at ease I am right now. This is what it means to be inside someone's vessel, to lay back. To be within someone's vessel means that you can go anywhere that you want to go. You go anywhere that you want, I'll take you however you are. You want to go into a step-by-step play of how your sexual abuse manifested, let's do it. You want to go into an emotional pattern recognition of what's manifested in your relationships ever since that moment, let's do it. You don't want to say anything at all. And you just want to hug You want me to spoon you? You want me to brush the hair behind your neck? Running my tongue down your neck? Kissing you on the heart? Letting you know that I'm here with you now. Let's do it. Whatever you'd like. It's all within the vessel. You are fully accepted. You are totally accepted. That is what total acceptance is. Total acceptance holds no will to change or to alter that person, who they are. A vessel just holds. It just carries. Just is. The path to change, the path to evolution, the path to synthesis, the path to alchemization happens organically within the vessel if it is of a benevolent, accepting nature. You needn't craft and scheme and strategize your way to a way out or forward. It all exists within for the outcome 
is within. For those of you that saw last week's BOLSIP email article, free article, that was the title, The Outcome is Within. And I cannot describe how perfect that segue was or how that tie-in was. It was a perfect tie-in. Huh? If for those of you that read that article, you, you, uh, you'd, be, you'd be chuffed. You'd be as chuffed as I am right now. That was beautiful. Okay, so, so let's get a recap here. You know what's interesting is that I said I was going to read out a client story about you know being an accept a vessel of acceptance for yourself what's interesting is that the as we went down this podcast it just didn't organically pop its way in i don't feel it necessary i don't feel it necessary because if we would go down that line this podcast would turn into a completely different podcast it would be a podcast far more to do with an introspection where as, as in terms of accepting yourself and i thought that's where we were going to go in this podcast i thought we were going to at least have some of that in there but it doesn't feel right. It felt like this podcast generated itself. It created itself. There was no plan other than I just received an email from a client weeks ago. It's a slightly old story, but I never made a podcast about it. So maybe I'll save it for another time and just recap here. I think that feels good. So the recap is this. How to become a vessel of total acceptance. Number one, empty yourself. Number two, increase your carrying capacity. Number three, assume the best but prepare for the worst. Developing the emotional skill to be able to see yourself and know yourself in relation to others, encouraging them to realize the best of them and a mutually best experience for both of you. That's what this podcast has been. In a final word, for those of you that are uneducated in the world of this, in the world of deep, meaningful, raw, powerful conversations that really shake the foundations of your understanding of reality, Take your time. Be slow. Don't rush. Don't breeze over obvious social cues that I know that you can see, but you may not have felt the courage within to address. That first principle of emptying yourself and going into the directness to just say to a woman when she's pushing too hard on you sexually, to just not breeze over that and to go, I feel a little uncomfortable because of this. You know, I'm liking the way this is going, but I feel a little uncomfortable. It's because you pace a little faster than me, a little out of alignment. Is there any particular reason why? Could you help me understand why? Just saying that requires a tremendous amount of courage in a burgeoning sexual experience. I say it as if it's a natural bodily function, and that's because it is, because I have practiced and I'm a practitioner of social dynamics. Social dynamics is not just meeting a girl in the mall, meeting a woman out in the supermarket while you're getting coconut oil, or entering up a bar, hitting up a bar and talking to a group of girls and Finding out that one of you, you and you and one of them want to go to Tijuana, Mexico together. Social dynamics is really understanding the fabric of reality. It's understanding how human beings interrelate with each other, which is our lives. The dance of masculine and feminine energy, yin and yang, sun and moon, the fire and ice that exists within us. To have a gravity, hold the gravity for all of these things, this is social dynamics. Social dynamics is, is meeting the person. Make no mistake, but it is not all of it. So this is my final word, which is endeavor. Endeavor to pull apart the fabric, to separate the fibers, to make a thread of your own. How about that? Everything you guys are hearing right now is the product of my own experience. 
This is not the product of me listening to thousands of videos and hundreds of thousands of hours of podcasting from other professionals within a romantic dating social space. Everything you guys have heard here is a one-on-one derivement of personal experience, of wisdom. It's wisdom that has come from true world experience. And I don't mean to say that in an egoic, egoically grandizing, grandizing, grandizing way. It's not an egoic grandization for me to say that it is wisdom, for when I define the word wisdom, it is purely that which I know for myself. Keyword there, know. Not something that I've thought about, not something that I've theorized in the armchair about, but something that I've gone into the real world and engaged and entangled with real people and come out with real lessons. It's my wisdom. You may not perceive it as wisdom, and it surely won't be wisdom for you until you learn it for yourself, and then it will become your own wisdom. So that's my encouragement here at the end of this podcast. It's seek out your own wisdom. It is my absolute pleasure in this life to help you to your own realization, to help you come to a place in which that you would seek to be a vessel of total acceptance, that you would empty yourself out, that you would increase your carrying capacity, that you would assume the best and prepare for the worst. For I know that uplifting those around you, becoming the best person you possibly can be, to allow others to experience the best experience they possibly could. That is the increasing of love, peace, and joy, and the reducing of suffering in this life, and that is the game. So, with that being said, I thank you all so much for being on this ride with me. You all have so much potential within you, and I see it. Sending you all my love, peace, and joy. that brings me to my thanks for all of you thank you first off for just being here your presence but please let me know let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives how you felt about this any commentary i'll do my best to get back as soon as i possibly can and also if you did enjoy the content please hit the thumbs up on the youtube video it just helps it get sent out to more people in the community and if you feel like this would resonate with someone else please share it to some of your close friends if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching that's all available on boldojo.com guided meditation free resources of wisdom free weekly on my newsletter bowl sip just chuck your email in comes out every friday that's all available all the links down below and if you would like to support the podcast directly you can donate anything that you wish through the paypal link down below or on the website balldojo.com in the podcast section anything that you guys give is always super appreciated so i thank you very much wishing you all the love peace and joy in this life